Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. If everyone would open their Bible with me to John chapter 6 as we continue in our series titled Seeds of Power, Seeds of Power. And uh, I've been praying all week for you, praying that you would take the time to sow the seed of the Word of God into your heart and into your life. Because when we believe, we have faith. And when we walk in faith, we have friendship and freedom in Christ Jesus. And uh, I hope you did some great sowing um, in this past week and recognizing the power of sowing the Word of God in your heart. And today, um, we're going to look at a miracle in the Bible that um, we had a guest speaker on Tuesday, Brother Blanchard, and he mentioned that there are only two miracles in the Bible that are in all four of the Gospels. One is the resurrection of Jesus, and then this one that we're going to be looking at today. And what I want to do is get right into it because I've got a lot to say, and uh, we've, we've talked about seeds of faith so far, and last week we talked about uh, the seed of the Word of God, the most important seed, and I want to tell you up front, today we're going to talk about seeds of ministry. Today we're going to, the title of the message is Seeds of Ministry, because as children of the Most High God, we are called to participate in His mission on the earth. The most simple, basic prayer that Jesus taught included, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, worshiping her, him first. And then it says, Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. And if you've ever prayed that prayer, I think that you recognize that as a child of God, it would be kind of crazy to pray, God, let your kingdom come, but I'm just going to stand on the sidelines and watch it. No. How many know we're called to be part of it? We are part of the kingdom of God. And so what I want to do is, is I want to read this miracle because this miracle that Jesus performed is a powerful example of ministry for all of us. So we'll get right into it. Go ahead and put that up in... Uh, John chapter 6, starting with verse 1, it says, Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs that he had performed by healing the sick. Essentially, Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee, which I think is about four miles wide, and they had... Uh, to walk around, so these a huge crowd of people made basically a nine-mile walk. This was a nine-mile journey for them, and they did it because Jesus was moving in power, and they saw him doing, uh, performing all of these signs. It says, then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish uh, Passover festival was near, and this is probably one of the reasons why the crowd kept gathering because everyone was going to be part of the, the Passover. And when they saw them, uh, it, they didn't understand that the actual, the literal Passover lamb was among them. 
So they began to follow him. And it says, when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, and we're moving into the key text of, of today's uh, message. He says, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Now here it is. Here it is. He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Let me read that one more time. He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than a half year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Okay, by the way, he spoke to him because he was from that area, and it, naturally speaking, he would be the one who knows where the stop and shop was, or the quick trip, or the Wendy's, you know, and so that's why he asked him specifically. Um, another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Now you see what's happening, right? They're going from the natural into the supernatural. You see? And by the way, those fish, they were really like sardines. Okay? So this wasn't a giant marlin. This was a sardine. Okay? And uh, it says, uh, Jesus said... Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there, which if you had 5,000 men, estimates is that this miracle was upwards of 12 to 15,000 people were fed from five loaves and a couple of sardines. Okay? It says, uh, uh, he... he he then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who uh, who had eaten. And uh, after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. And they're saying, surely this is the Messiah. So what you see here is that the seed of someone's lunch was sown into the hands of Christ and incredible ministry took place. So I want to pray right now, and I want to ask the Lord, because guess what? Everyone here has a few pieces of bread and a couple sardines. It's that simple, it's that basic, and yet it's that powerful. The exceeding greatness of his power wants to be upon all of the seeds of our lives, and in particular, the seeds of our ministry that we'll sow. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and this time. God, I pray that you would breathe on this word on the next few moments. God, I pray that you would bring a revival to Chicago Tabernacle. God, I pray that you would give us a new kind of faith, oh God, to see your kingdom come and your will be done. 
I pray, O oh God, that you would stir something up, O oh Lord, that we would sow seeds of ministry into your hands and watch the glory and power of God meet the masses. Help us, O oh God, to see that we all have a part to play and that you want to use us for your glory and your honor. Bless this word now in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. By the way, the last thing I want to say about the, the actual moment in a very specific uh, way. When Jesus had the people sit down, um, they would interpret that very much in that culture like a father would have his children sit down. And then the father takes it upon himself to say grace and to say thank you, God, because you're the one who provides for our bread. Give us this day our daily bread. How many are thankful for the bread that we get to eat on a daily basis? How many would say amen? And so that's the role that Jesus was taking when he did that. Now, what is this passage, essentially, what is this passage teaching us? Here's the main truth today. The main truth is that God fulfills his kingdom purposes by using the seeds that he gives to his children. God fulfills his kingdom purposes by using the seeds that he gives to his children. When you look at the Gospels, brothers and sisters, look at me for a moment, but leave that up. When you look at the Gospels, you see that Jesus did a lot of powerful things for people one-on-one, -on -one, and that's the kind of God that he is. But when Jesus reached the masses, he used servants. The first miracle that he did was at a wedding, and the way he fed everyone wine is he spoke to servants and said, fill these jugs with water, and my power will turn it into wine. And then everyone was able to taste the wine. But he used servants. Every time Jesus did a miracle that reached the masses, his children were involved. The servants were involved. And how many know Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? And how many would agree with me just from Jump Street that the Lord wants us to be involved in ministry? Every single one of us, he wants us to be involved in ministry. His mission is accomplished by our sowing seed. That's why he gave it to us in the first place. And we're going to show you in a, in a verse uh, in a little while. And locally at, at Chicago Tabernacle, how many know we're, we're called to accomplish? I want to say this real quick. At this church, we're called to accomplish a mission. God gave it to us from the very beginning. He made it clear, okay? Our mission is to lead people to believe and to become. The Bible says in John chapter 1, to them that believed, okay, he gave them the power to become children Sons and daughters of the most high God. That is the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The mission of Christ is that people would believe on the son of the living God. And that they would experience salvation. But not that they would just stay there. But then that they would become. That they would grow and bring God glory and serve in his kingdom. And bear fruit that will bring him glory and honor and praise. If you consider yourself a part of this church, you need to know we believe that God has called us to see people, to see women at Illuminate, to see children behind that wall, to see youth on Friday. It's, they are called to believe and become, and we're here to help them. 
believe and become. To them that believed, he gave them the power to become. Isn't that a wonderful promise? Come on, let's praise God for his promise in the word. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I hope that would color your, every time you see someone, recognize that God wants them to believe and receive salvation and then become. Become the beautiful plan of God for their lives. God has a beautiful plan for all of us. And when we become, he gets all the glory. I would probably, if I took a little... Um, if I took a little poll here, I bet a lot of people are here because someone helped you by sowing seeds in your life. Someone helped you to believe, and now you're in the process of becoming. Amen? That's what this is all about. Now, I want to point out here, and then I got a couple of quick points, and we're going to close, but I want to point out here that um, the Lord used a child's lunch. And I think that it's important for us to recognize the importance of including our children in the call to serve Jesus Christ. You see, it's important somehow. I believe that some place, somehow, some, some transaction, some interaction took place that someone told that little boy, it's okay to give your lunch away. Okay? Somebody taught him that. It's okay. It's okay. And by the way, I want to jump to the end. You see those 12 baskets left over? I got to believe. I got to believe that that little boy, before he left, one of the disciples said, come over here. Come over here, okay? Grab that bag and that bag and that bag. And they filled him up and he went home like this. How many believe he went home like that? It's because someone taught him. Someone taught him. Right behind that wall, someone is teaching a child that it's okay to give your lunch away. Okay? On Friday nights, and all of the different things that we do, Seeds of ministry are being sown. Powerful, powerful seeds of ministry. Now, let's jump right into this. So what does this passage teach us? Teach us? Okay, the first thing it teaches us, and this is, this, is a, this is a heavy truth, okay, but here it is. The first thing this passage teaches us is that Jesus tests us to see what we will do with our seed. Okay, it says, when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? And then let's read this together. He asked this only to test him. What does that mean? That means that God is watching what you and I do with our seed. That's right. What you do with your seed Okay, what you do with your lunch, what you do with your time, what you do with your energy, what you do with your gifting, what you do with everything that is not really, that doesn't really come from you. It comes from your heavenly father. He's watching what you do with it. On that day, brothers and sisters, only what we do for Christ will last. 
okay? On that day, there will be earthly awards that won't be there. They won't show up. They won't be like salesman of the year or, or whatever. There'll be all of these things. You, you know, when I was a kid, my parents in my house, I got so many trophies in the, in the years that I played, so many. There's, there's, there's like a, we've thrown out a bunch of them and they still have a little shrine in my, in my, my father loves baseball. They still have some trophies. And you know what? If I grab one of those trophies, those things break down. It's funny. They, they get loose. The things get loose and the little baseball player starts to spin and get crooked. <laughs> Gone. Gone. You see, there'll be all of these things that won't matter. But listen, whatever we do for Christ... Whatever we do for Christ will last on that day. He will say, well done, good sowing, my good and faithful servant. That's why I want to encourage you. What are you doing with your day? What are you doing with your seed? What are you doing with your time? I'm encouraging you. I'm encouraging you. Jesus is coming back, and when he comes back, he's going to say, what did you do with the seed? He said this, okay, only, everyone say only, only, to test him. It was only to test him. And, and the truth of the matter is, is that the Lord is watching. You see, the kingdom is something, the kingdom of God is something that you either honor and support and invest in, or you don't. I heard somebody said this to me, that I heard another pastor said, see, some Christians, they don't realize it, but they're freeloaders. Oh, snap, he did not say that. <laughs> but it's kind of true. It's kind of true. We come, we receive, we receive, we go on the website, we receive, we receive, we receive. And then when it comes time for us to sow, you see. But the Bible says, okay, if you really want to learn and grow in God, well, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that he's testing us. He's watching. He's watching what we're doing. And by the way, that test is not so much to see if you will fail. The purpose of the test is to see what's in your heart. Okay? It's to see if we have faith in his power, in the exceeding greatness of his power. To see if we have love in our hearts that says, God... I, if you want my lunch, you can have my lunch because everything I have comes from you and I love you, God. I love you, God. You know, whatever my wife asks me for, she can have it because I love her. You see, whatever my grandchild asks me for, or my kids, how many know when you love people, you just give to them? So when you love Jesus, you give, you sow, you see that he has a burden on his heart. Jesus cares for this world. He came to the earth so that people could believe and become. And he wants to use us in that process. So the first thing that this, this, this you know, teaches us, you know, is that he does test us. And for me... You know, I think it's awesome to be able to say, God, I love you. I love you, God. You know, I've prayed this many, many times. You know, when we've had our backs up against the wall, God, just in case you were wondering, I love you. 
you know, I'm here. I'm here, Lord. You want to see your life change in 2017? Okay, set your heart on loving the Lord. I remember, the Bible says wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Okay? Your seed, which is precious treasure, it will always follow your heart. Always. You know? It'll always follow your heart. And so, yes, when you love people, how many know you prove it? By, by sowing seeds. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, um, when he, when he said to him, how are we going to feed these people? And he was only testing him. Okay. What he was doing is he was showing that he had an expectation. So the first thing that this teaches us is, yes, he tests us, but it also shows that he has an expectation from us as his children. Jesus expects us to sow into his kingdom, into what he's doing. Look at what it says. It says, Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him. And then watch this, guys. All right? For he already had in mind what he was going to do. He already had it in mind. Okay? This is not like, like he was trying to figure it out. Jesus already knew the very thing that he was going to do. He had in his mind that he was going to use a little boy's lunch. Okay? So here's the thing. Every single day, how many would agree with me that he has in mind to use seed that he's also given to us? And he expects us to sow. He expects us to, to, um, to, to take what he's given us and for us to sow it into this world, so love, so time, so energy. Look at what it says. We, and we had this text up last week. Look at what 2 Corinthians 9 says. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. We used that uh, last week or the week before, but I want to say, God supplies the seed. We are the sower. God supplies the seed. And you know what? If you sow your seed into his kingdom, he will give you more to sow. God supplies the seed and he expects us to sow into his kingdom, to trust in the exceeding greatness of his power. Man, what a perfect song for them to sing today. You see, he wants us to sow. He expects us to sow. And what I want to do right now is I want to very quickly talk about four types of sowing so that we'll have clarity. There are four basic types of seeds of ministry. They're praying, giving, serving, and caring. Okay? If you want to say, well, how do I sow seed of seeds of ministry? Well, the biggest way is to pray. 
Andrew Bonner, a great man of God, uh, once said that prayer is seed sown upon the heart of God. The most important thing and the most powerful thing that we could ever do is pray without ceasing. Pray for the body. Pray for our children. Pray for our families. Pray for our co-workers. How many know God uses prayer warriors on this earth and we are all called to pray? That's why my house shall be called the house of prayer. What are we doing here? One of the main things we should do in here is pray. That's why the most important meeting of the week is the prayer meeting. My house shall be called the house of prayer. And by us sowing seeds of prayers on the heart of God, God moves in power. Plain and simple. So praying is a big deal. Secondarily, giving. By giving. By taking the time to say here, Guys, money is a seed. All right, I got more amens than I thought. A lot of people don't recognize this, but money is a seed. You see? And as a Christian, okay, we have a different mindset. As, as Christians, we recognize that money can be used to expand the kingdom. Money can be used to bless the heart of God and to expand the kingdom of God. Every single time we take an offering, we are sowing a seed. When we take offerings, and we say this all the time, if you're a visitor here, I don't, I don't know that we said it today, but listen, okay, we say this all the time, God does not need your money, God is not broke, but see, God is pleased when you put your faith in him and say, here, God, take this seed that you gave to me already. And God, would you bless somebody with it? Would you, would you bless those women, oh God? Buy them a gift, God. When those women come in, Lord, buy them some, some treats and, and, and all of the different things that are going to happen for those ladies. Or in the summer, when the children come for a whole week, oh God, buy them this and, and bless them this way or that way, God. Here you go, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father. We sow. Giving is a very powerful seed. And, and the truth of the matter is, is that God is watching what we do. You know? God watches what you and I do with our money. And, you know, I'll never forget the, one of the first times I heard about this. Uh, um, I was talking to a man of God in this way. And he said, you know, when we first started in the ministry, we, were, we really ended up broke. And he said to me, and I said, wow, how did you turn it around? And he said, we gave our way out of a mess. You know why? Because when you sow the seed, God puts a blessing on that seed. And so... Uh, um, so he expects us to sow, and here this little boy sows his lunch, and powerful things happen, okay? Powerful things happen. Do you know that Pastor Matt uh, um, said, whether it was at a table, uh, something he was talking to all of these business people, and he said to them, let me tell you something, okay? The church has failed. And you know why? It's because if everyone in the church really gave the way the Bible says to give, Okay, the government wouldn't have to have social programs. Because if everyone did their part in the kingdom of God, this would be the social program. People would come here for food and clothing and shelter and everything else. 
If you look, brothers and sisters, if you look at history, you will be amazed at how many hospitals and incredible institutions were started by Christians for the purpose of expanding the kingdom of God. Christian money has built all kinds of amazing things throughout history. And if all we have to do is so, and then the exceeding greatness of his power goes upon our seat. So giving, brothers and sisters, it's a big deal. And the amazing thing is God doesn't call us to give more, okay, than we can. He just calls us all to do our part. We're not going to get into all of that today, but it's very important. Then number three, serving. Service is a powerful seed. I was uh, talking to a brother this past week, and uh, he so blessed me. He, he, said, he said a lot of things to me, but here's what he said to me. He said, hey, I've already signed up for, uh, for Story of Love, okay? And um, I know it's kind of crazy because during that time of the year, my business can really boom. But I've already said to the Lord, and I said to my wife, I'm going to do this, and I'm trusting God. He's going to multiply my time and my appointments. He's going to put a blessing on, on everything else that I do, but I'm not going to miss it. All of, those, all of the demands of the story of love, I just already know I'm sowing that seed. Okay? And here's what else he said to me. He said, I can see. That God is doing something great among us. And here's what he said. He said, and my wife and I are part of it. Amen. You see? My wife and I are part of it. Do you see yourself as part of the kingdom? It's a big deal, man. Don't let, the, don't let what really matters pass you by. Don't let the kingdom of God move on and you be a spectator. When meanwhile, God gives us all seed to sow. Everyone here is called to serve in one way or another. How many would say amen? Look at, look at, what, uh, look at what it says in John. I want to jump over. This is very important. It says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? This is Jesus speaking. He asked them, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. In other words, we are all called to wash feet. Are you washing feet in the body of Christ? Are you serving? You see, are you helping in one way? We make calls for help in the body of Christ. How many know we should never be lacking workers in the body of Christ? Because everyone is called to wash some feet. Can I get an amen, a strong amen? You know, we've had a, an influx of, of uh, uh, we've had a, an influx of, of students into the youth ministry, and it's really been growing, and there's a blessing, uh, a real blessing upon it. And um, they had something called team nights this past Friday. My son was telling me about it. 
And uh, what they do is they break up into these little groups. And when they break up into these little groups, my son was saying, you know, the most effective group size, that is five. Okay? It's if we have five, if it starts to go bigger than that, then the kids can get rambunctious or whatever. And then he said, um, he said, man, I was in a group of five because I had this, we did, a, we do it by age. He said, but Brian Randall, who's not here today for a very specific reason, he said, Brian Randall got 11 junior high students. I bet that was quite a group, wasn't it? Could you just imagine what that 11 uh, uh, junior high boys were like for Brian, right? And we were kind of chuckling about that. And uh, Brian Randall's a professional basketball player, and uh, he just left for Europe this morning, if I'm not mistaken. He left today. Uh, actually, he's going to play in Israel. And, um, uh, he, you know, he was here, and uh, he was working and doing what he can, and now he has to go. And you know what I'm thinking about? Who's going to take Brian's place? You mean to tell me, with all of the men in this room, with all of the men in this room, we don't have enough men of God, okay, to spend two or three hours with a teenager who doesn't have a father, who doesn't have an example, who doesn't have this, who doesn't have that, but he does have the house of God where he can believe and become and be changed by the power of Christ. Oh, my Lord, we need to change our schedules. Do you know on Tuesday, on Tuesdays, we, our prayer meeting is consistently growing. And, um, but our serving in the children, if they could uh, come on out, we're going to close in a moment. But our children, we're always struggling to have workers on, um, we're always struggling to have workers on Tuesday night. The children's ministry, we're always struggling uh, for help there. We need, we need help in the parking ministry. We need help. And by the way, that's not what this sermon is about. This sermon is about what you do with your seed. But see, what I'm saying is, is that there are many, many opportunities for us to serve. And see, one of the powerful things that happen when you serve, every time I talk about serving, I, I say this. You see, when you serve, you get to see the miracle up front and center. 5,000, 12,000 people. Think about all the people in the back. All they saw was lunch came. But the people around the basket carrying that thing, they were watching. They were going, oh, my. Have you ever thought about that miracle? Have you ever thought about being there and watching something multiply in the hands of the Lord? Oh, Lord, I wish I could have seen that. But in a lot of ways, I have seen it. How do we get in this place? How many know seeds were sown? Hallelujah. You know, I, I, there's so many things I wanted to talk about today. I was like, Lord, I can't preach too long, so help me. Because there's so many stories in this church of people who've become 
But they didn't become on their own. They didn't believe on their own. Someone sowed a seed. Which brings me to the, the last, look, real quickly. The last type of sowing is caring, okay? The last type of sowing is caring. And caring is a mixture of all of the three. But caring is where we have just one-on-one -on -one things that we, we are there ready to love. We're ready to make a difference by the power of God, by the unction, the strength of the Holy Spirit. We're ready to be there and to disciple someone and pray with someone and, and be part of helping someone to become, to believe and to become. Caring happens at the job. Caring happens at school. Caring happens at Starbucks. Even Dunkin' Donuts. Caring happens at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> that, was, that was for my honey right there because we have this thing, you know. Caring happens everywhere. We're supposed to, uh, when you leave here, is your life like this? Is your life like this? You see? How many of our hearts are supposed to be like this? Okay? Would you stop believing the lie? Okay? Wherever it came from, your culture, your background, you know, that it's whatever to be like this. I have to protect myself. Jesus is your protector. You know? Jesus is your provider. You know? I got bills. Oh, and the Lord didn't know that? And on and on it goes. We tell ourselves stories. We have all of these excuses and reasons why we're not in the kingdom. Well, let me tell you something, okay? No theft will make you richer. And no giving will make you poorer. Just won't happen, guys. Because God, the minute you give, he gives more seed. The minute you give, he gives more seed. Incredible. Now, I want to tell you one quick story. So one of our staff members, uh, uh, Cicely, we call her Cece. So she told us a story recently, and I've marked this. It was a couple weeks ago. She told us a story about how when she was like 16 years old, her dad allowed her to take in a friend of hers who was really going through it. Some really hard things were going, this teenage girl. And she lived in the house with them for a season. And, uh, and how many know Cece must have had some challenging moments when the girl was like taking her jeans and doing this and doing that, you know. So anyway, fast forward just recently, Cece got a call from her. And the girl's been through so much. Been through so much. And... Um, uh, and she called Cece. Cece didn't even know. But she said, that time in your house was so powerful. I serve God now. I'm in a church. I've got my son in, in church. I'm, I'm living for God. And that seed that you sowed when I was 16 years old made all the difference in my life. 
didn't even know that she was sowing a powerful seed. Hallelujah. To help that young lady believe and become. So, here's the last thing that I, uh, I want to say. I have so much more to say, but we got to close. Okay. Here's the last thing I want to point out to you to remind you every time that you give in one way, whether it be prayer or giving or serving or caring. What this passage teaches us is that ministry seed is sown directly into the hands of Jesus. It says, Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed. Everyone say distributed. You see, ministry is not us manufacturing. Ministry, Warren Wiersbe talked about this. Ministry is God distributing through us. Right into his hands. When you gave, if you put something into the basket today, okay, I'm telling you right now, don't give to a church. Don't give to a leader. Don't give like that. You know, uh, I, I believe in Pastor Toledo. Get out of here with that. I believe in Jesus. Hallelujah. Give to Jesus. Put it in his hands. And even in cases, even in cases, if the seed was not handled the best, how many know when you give it to him, how many know you get the blessing? Now, here's the last thing before we close. So, a lot of times people will say, um, oh, it's that God hasn't called me. I, I want to sow, but I don't know what to do, you know. And I remember my father-in-law speaking to this issue. But in my reading over the last year, I read something that I want to point out to you. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., when he talked about his calling in his uh, autobiography, look at what he said, okay? He said, my call to the ministry was not a miraculous or supernatural something. On the contrary, it was an inner urge calling me to serve humanity. Leave that up for a second. You know what he was saying by that? And Pastor Simla said this. I heard him say this a couple times. I want to say it to you, okay? Sometimes you don't hear a voice from heaven saying you're supposed to do A or B. But here's, here's what you do hear. You hear need. You hear need. Okay? And if you will open your ears to need, that will be the beginning of the guidance of God in your life. Okay? Meet a need. Oh, they need, they need, youth need workers? Join the youth ministry. Okay, but I don't have a PhD in, in youth ministry. You don't need it. All you need is seed. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know how to be with kids. All you need is love. They'll teach you everything you need to know. How many know that's the way it is? You know, take what you have and sow it. Sow it into the hands of Christ. You don't have to feel led in a very specific way. Start with the need and watch God start talking to you.
He will speak, he will speak, and it will be powerful. Okay, I want to close with a, a last illustration that Pastor Matt told me about, and then we're going to pray. In the 1900s, something terrible happened in New York. Okay, there was a woman whose first name was Mary, and um, she worked as a cook for, a, for affluent families, um, and uh, she worked in like three different places. She, she worked as a cook, she, uh, um, she worked in restaurants, she worked in, she had like three different jobs, and um, she was a carrier of typhoid, okay? Now, she was asymptomatic, which means that she showed no signs. And by 1907, about 3,000 New Yorkers had been infected by typhoid. And they said that the reason that they were infected was because of Mary. And she got the, the, the name Typhoid Mary. Okay? And what kept happening is if she worked at a restaurant, where she, nobody's going to want to go eat. The fast is over. Nobody's going to want to go eat. But... <laughs> At the rest, she worked at the restaurant, and because she had this, her germs were going in the food, okay? And wherever she went, she was spreading these germs. She didn't know that she had it, but she kept spreading these germs. And, and you know, statistics show that 80% of the disease in our culture comes from 20% of the people. Now, here's the irony of it. In the church world... Statistically speaking, for the most part, we're higher, praise God. But 20% of the people, okay, do 80% of the serving. 20% of the people, right now, for the most part, 20% of the people are making 80% of the impact in the body of Christ and through the body of Christ. And if all of these things are happening, okay, that was literally turning into an epidemic, but do you realize today that God has placed seeds of righteousness in our hearts? And what he wants to do is create an epidemic of believing and becoming in the city of Chicago. He wants you to go so a little here and a little there. And everywhere you stop, it's not a germ, it's a seed of life. He wants you to speak to someone here and speak to someone there and serve a little here and serve. And how many know that we can see an epidemic of the glory of God coming down on the city of Chicago if the people of God would just believe? If we would stop saying, well, that's not me. No, it is me. Everybody say, it is me. That means me, you see. God gives us all seed, and he says, so. He really does want to create an epidemic of righteousness. Don't you believe that today? I want to, I want to close in prayer right now. You know, there's a story. Here's the last thing I'll say. There's a story I can't tell you about, but let's just say it this way. I just heard it today. Let's call it. The anonymous thank you. Someone in our church in the last week received an anonymous, we'll call it an anonymous thank you from a young person who three years ago their life was so crazy twisted. It was twisted because their home life com was comprised of abuse, okay, and trauma 
and and uh, uh, and the life was so her her life was so jacked up. I'll tell you, it was a her. Okay, and there were so many things, and someone came alongside, and for three years walked with him, walked with him, walked with him. And this past week, without even knowing that this was coming, they just stopped and said, "I have to say thank you." You had to take away my car keys. I wasn't driving legal. I wasn't doing this right. I wasn't doing that right. I wasn't doing You taught me to start paying my bills. You taught me to pray. You taught me to live righteously. You taught me to do this. You taught me to do that. And now I'm in this ministry and that ministry. And I'm growing. And I'm a woman of God. And the hand of God is on my life. And I'm serving so many people. Thank you. I'm really, I'm so jealous for you to receive some of those thank yous. There's nothing more wonderful, nothing richer, nothing more blessed than that. Keep your eyes closed, but listen, today's message, this is a go and do message. Go and do, go and do. We're going to pray and we're going to ask the Lord to help us to go and do. Do what? Sow seeds. Seeds of prayer, seeds of giving, seeds of serving, seeds of caring. Hallelujah. We want to be part of a holy, godly epidemic. We want to sow seeds. Seeds are small. We can sow something small. We can sow something small. It is in you. It is in your hand. And we want to place it in the Lord's hands. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we want to take the seed that is in our lives, oh God, and we want to offer it to you, Lord, all over this building. God, would you help us, oh God, to begin to sow seeds of ministry. God, we pray that 2017, oh God, would be, Lord God, the most amazing year of our lives, oh God, because, Lord, we're believing you to put the exceeding greatness of your power on the seeds that we sow in faith today, oh God. Help us, oh God. Help us, Lord. God, make each and every one of us sowers of your holy and powerful seed. And Father, we consider it a privilege and a joy to be close enough to you to watch you work and do great miracles of power. We thank you and we praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus, release everyone now, Father to go and do for your glory, O oh God. And everyone said, amen. Come on, let's give God a praise.